0: to see everyone this morning. Uh, Thank you for uh, for coming. Uh, We're going to be uh, addressing the uh, serious issue um, of what is sin and uh, why does it matter? What is sin and why does it matter? Uh, When we think about certain subjects, it's very helpful to consider their origin. Uh, We have origin stories um, of different things, uh, uh, maybe even from uh, trivial things uh, like superheroes have origin stories. How did they come to be where they are? And we think of the origin story of the world, each culture, each people uh, have, have a story that they tell uh, of, of, where, of how they came to be. And uh, we might base that on the word of God. Uh, there are some who base it on other things. Uh, but it impacts how they think doesn't it whether we think we come from uh you, whether god created us uh, uh, and imparted his spirit uh, you know the, the life uh, his life in a, in a way in, in us um, uh whether we whether we think of what god says about the creation of this world or we think about others it impacts how we think about our worth doesn't it uh, whether we have worth or not whether we have as much worth or less worth Maybe origin stories. So, so today we're going to think, as we think of this issue of sin, maybe a, a subject that, we've, that we, we discuss often. It's maybe mentioned each week here from, from, from the platform. Uh, but I want to think about its origin. And uh, I want to think uh, about, uh, in doing so, what is it? Uh, why does it really matter? Uh, is there any hope? Uh, so turn with me, please, uh, firstly to Romans, Romans chapter 5. I just want to read a couple of verses here. And then as you might have guessed, we're going to jump back to Genesis. But Romans chapter 5. The Apostle Paul is, is writing here in Romans chapter 5 and uh, verse 12. And uh, he says there, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. I'll read that again. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now down to verse 19. In verse nineteen, it says, "For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners; so by the obedience of one, shall many be made righteous." Uh, this speaks of the origin. Uh, speaks to the uh, to to the origin of, of sin. How did sin uh, enter? How did sin become an issue? How did sin come into this world? It came in by one man. We'll think about him. Uh, sin entered by one man, but then we have closely linked with sin, death. Because of sin coming into this world, uh, death followed. Uh, uh, and, and and so the verse says that death, death passed upon all men. That is that, that we're all affected by the by death because of sin. For the all of sin, it says. Uh, and then verse 19, it speaks of the same man who, in whom sin entered into this world. For by one man's disobedience, one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, many shall be made righteous. You know, sin is like a disease and it has come in and it spreads. It is spread through one man. You know, maybe these things might be just intellectual to us just a few years ago. We understand how that, that works with disease, don't we? And COVID and all that, that it comes in and it spreads. Well, sin has come in through one man and it has spread upon all. Uh, And yet we're going to think at the end of, of the hope that we have because of not of one man's disobedience. But we're going to think about someone else and their obedience. And how through him, many can be made Righteous. Uh, so turn with me, please, to Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to think about this one man uh, by, um, by which sin entered. Genesis chapter, we going to read in Genesis chapter 1 to begin with, just a verse. Genesis chapter 1 uh, God has created the universe, He has created the world, He has created man. And in verse 31, it says, and God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. Now, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 8, uh, it says there, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die and then genesis chapter 3 and verse 1 a a bit more of a lengthy reading here genesis chapter 3 verse 1 now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the lord god had made and he said unto the woman yea hath god said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden and the woman said unto the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired and to make one wise, she took Of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden, in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I have heard thy voice in the garden; I heard thy voice in the garden and was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree which I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to me uh, to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And down to verse seventeen. Uh, and the Lord uh, God is speaking here to Adam, and unto Adam, He said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten, of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake in sorrow. Shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of the face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art. And unto dust thou, uh, shalt thou return. This is the word of God uh, that we have read today. Uh, this here is this man that we read about in Romans. This man in whom sin entered through. And we see here uh, the very beginning of this disease, sin. Adam here, uh, Adam and Eve, uh, they were given, or maybe Adam was given one rule. Adam and Eve were, had one law to obey. And uh, when I speak with the children on these things, you know, you maybe get them to, uh, to just imagine whether they could keep one rule. In one sense, it sounds so simple. Uh, one law, one rule, one commandment, and yet Adam and Eve, they broke it. They disobeyed God. They rebelled against God. Uh, they, they, they disregarded what God had to say. There was a lack of trust. They, they didn't trust that what God said was true. they uh, They were... They were uh, deceived by the devil, by Satan himself, uh, they disobeyed God, they sinned against him. You know, and in a simple way, uh, the answer to what is sin, what it is rebellion against God, It is rebellion against God, it is disobeying God's law, disobeying what God has, uh, uh, has said to us. When we do not do what he says or when we um, or when we do something which he would say not to do, sin, rebellion, disobedience, and, and so here we see Adam and Eve, and they have sinned, and they have brought this disease upon into the into the human race, and we're going to see that it's going to affect all of us, and we're going to see that it's that it has such wide consequences it might seem so little and so insignificant but it has wide ramifications you know sometimes sin seems like that doesn't it it seems like something small something which uh, really maybe no one's going to notice Uh, disobeying God uh, will he really find out Uh, you know can we not just live how we like uh, and yet we see that sin has caused corruption into, uh, in, the, in this world. And we're going to think about some of the uh, results of sin uh, in a moment. Adam and Eve, they, they rebelled against God. You see, first the, 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 the serpent, he, he, uh, he, he questioned God's word. Yeah, he questioned, as he questioned Eve. You know, has God not said that you, you will eat, you can eat of every tree of the garden? In verse uh, one there. Eve, she uh, she misquotes scripture, doesn't she? She misquotes, uh, misquotes what God uh, has said. Uh, she adds to it. She says that God said that you shall not eat of it and neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Uh, and so... Uh, Satan questioned it. Eve misquoted it, uh, and then then the serpent he he just outright uh, lies. He outright denies that what God has said is true. You shall verse four. You shall not surely die. That's what that's what Satan says. That's what Satan has said to the world from the very beginning, and he does that today. He says, "Don't worry about living for God. Don't worry about rebellion against God." Uh, <coughs> Don't trust in God's promises and God's judgment that what he says is going to happen. You live how you want to live. It'll all be fine. And that's, that's Satan's deceit that he has, that he has uh, deceived Eve with. Uh, it's the same thing that he wants to deceive us with. That, 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 that sin has no consequence. Live as you like. In our world today, or uh, maybe five, ten years ago, the attitude was, live as you like as long as you don't hurt one another. I, mean, I think we've gone beyond that now. But that's so often, that's so, so how, how, how we think so often, isn't it? You know, who am I hurting? I live as I please. And yet, when we come to God's word, uh, we see that Adam and Eve, whilst uh, we might think one rule, one law, how could they break it? Uh, We see from our verse in in, in Romans 5 uh, that we have all sinned. The Bible says we have all sinned. We have all uh, disobeyed God. We have all missed the mark. We have all um, rebelled against him in one way or another. You know, I hope we can all be honest with ourselves as we maybe think about these things. That we don't, we're not so proud to think that uh, that we have lived a perfect life. You know, sin is the cause, isn't it, of so much pain, uh, so much um, uh, so much friction and conflict in our world. Turn on the news, uh, we see the result of sin. Uh, we think of our families, our relationships, our marriages, and we see sin as what is the, the root of so much conflict. Uh, and we would be honest, I'm sure. Uh, within our hearts uh, that we certainly have all sinned we have all we have all lived for ourselves we have all lived uh, selfishly uh, we have acted in pride uh, we have lied and uh, and this is sin and the bible says we have all sinned you know someone summed up sin in two ways he said it is either rebellious pride or pathetic failure. Rebellious pride. Maybe that's maybe what we often think about sin. Rebellious pride. You know, li- li- live li- I'm going to live how I want to live. My rules, my way. Uh, what about pathetic failure, you know? Not living up to what God has called us to be. Uh, sometimes in weakness. We sin, don't we? Um. When we, when, we do not, uh, when we do not live up to what God would have us to do. When we wash our hands, as it were. you know, Knowing the innocency, innocency of the Lord Jesus. Washing our hands. Not, not, not me to blame. Pathetic failure. And so we all have sinned. But the second thing I want to just think as we think of this, the root of sin here. Is not only have we all sinned, but... But I think it's important to remember that, that we sin against God when we sin. You know, and that's maybe clear here, in, in, a bit more clear in Genesis 3. Uh, God gave the commandment. Uh, Adam and Eve took off this fruit that they were not to eat off. They sinned against God. Uh, but in our own lives as well, as we sin against one another, as we um, mistreat uh, those Uh, who we love, uh, as we do not behave in a way that we should. Yes, we sin against one another, uh, but we also sin against God. We remember in in Psalm 51, David, he says there, doesn't he, against thee, thee only have I sinned. And you can look at the story of David and and, and his great failure, and you might think of all those who he sinned against, uh, those who he lied to, Uh, And those who who he he misused, Uh, we think of all that he did wrong. Uh, And yet David recognized, not to belittle that, but David recognized that ultimately he sinned against the God of heaven. The holy God of heaven, the one who is separate, who who is apart, who is without sin. And David says, against thee, thee only, have I sinned. You know, I think maybe we can all admit quite easily and maybe the person in the street that we bump into could easily admit that we sin. We all, we all fail, make mistakes, whatever we might call it. But we sin, we, we can maybe admit that. But, but I guess the question is, do we admit that we sin against God? Yeah, when, when we think of our failure, when we think of when we hurt one another, do we realise that it is really breaking God's law, sinning against God's perfect standard? We sin against him. And that means that not only do we need to resolve the issue between one another when we, when we sin, but we need, to, uh, we need to, to fix the issue or have the issue fixed between us and God because we have sinned against him And so we sin it. We sin against God. We have all sinned. And when we sin, we sin against the God of heaven. So that's the root of sin. But let's look from our passage uh, this afternoon now. Uh, the result of sin. The result of sin. You see there in verse 7 of Genesis 3. In verse 7, the, eye, the eyes of them both were opened. They knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. You see first here. We see that there is guilt and there is shame. Guilt and shame. And sin brings in uh, that, doesn't it? Feeling of being guilty when we admit that we have done something wrong. We admit our guilt. And so there is guilt and there's shame. Not only that, in verse 10 we see uh, when, when the Lord says, Where art thou to Adam? Adam says, I heard thy voice in the garden. And I was afraid. So secondly, there is fear that comes in. Guilt and shame and fear. Fear to, to stand before the, the holy God. You know, implicitly, I think in, in these verses, it, it implies that, 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 that Adam previously did not have fear. Uh, he was not afraid to, 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 for, 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 the, for the Lord God to, to maybe come and to, to commune and to speak with him. Uh, and, and yet here, Adam is now afraid. Uh, there's fear brought in. You know, we, we all maybe can remember that when we did something wrong at school. Maybe we were brought in before uh, a teacher and, and there's fear and the, the legs are shaking and the voice starts to go. Maybe when we are caught by our parents uh, and there's fear and we can't face them. We don't want to, you know, We, we run away. You even see that in, in little children. They, they want to run away when they've done something wrong. Fear. Verse 17 of our passage, it says, not only is there guilt and shame and, and fear, uh, but in comes death. In comes death. Um, sorry, in, in, cha- in verse 17 of chapter 2, we see, uh, we see, we see, the, we see the The warning. The judgment that will come. from the day that thou eatest it off, thou shalt surely die. Thou shalt surely die. And we read that in Romans chapter 5, didn't we? That, that linked with sin is this idea of death. And the, the two cannot really be, be broken. Uh, the, the link between the two, sin and death. Because of sin, death has come into the world. And you say, as you read on from, from our passage here in, in, in chapter 3, you say, Adam and Eve, they, they didn't die, not straight away anyway. You know, can God be trusted? Of course, they did die. They did die. Uh, uh, there's different maybe ways we can think of death, maybe different aspects to death. Someone has said there's three. There is spiritual death. There is physical death. And there is eternal death, spiritual death. The Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 2, and you who were dead in trespasses and sins. Dead in trespasses and sins. This doesn't mean that that, that when Paul writes to the Ephesians, he's saying that you were all physically dead. He's speaking about spiritual death. And spiritual death means that that we cannot... um, we cannot live for God as he would have had us want uh, as he would want us to live we cannot live to give him the glory uh, spiritual death is the reason the lord jesus in in john chapter 3 said to nicodemus not that to nicodemus that you need to turn over a new leaf as so many of us try to do or will try to do next month not that that, that we need to unlock our true potential uh, but, but the Lord Jesus says in, in John 3 uh, that, that Nicodemus needed new life, new life. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the Lord Jesus says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's because we're spiritually dead. We need new life. We need new life. But physical death does come in. And, and, the, and the Lord says to to Adam in verse 19 of chapter three. Uh, for the the, the Adam would, would would work in the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread, that the, the work was going to be difficult. We see that there's going to be thorns and thistles. And he says, Till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. There's this kind of irony here. That as Adam was formed from the dust of the earth and God breathed life into him. So Adam is going to return to the dust of the earth. Hebrews 9 says it is appointed unto man once to die. And we know, don't we, from experience uh, that death affects all of us. You know, there is not one of us who have lived in this world uh, who death does not affect uh, and we all uh, if if the Lord does not return, uh, we will all die. Physical death has a hold of us it's something that we cannot we cannot escape uh, for for the for the 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 wonderful blessing that it is to have good health care uh, we can only extend our life some some way. Uh, death is uh, coming to us all as somber it, that, is, that, uh, is, it, that is. And so there is spiritual death, there is physical death. But then there's eternal death. The Bible speaks of eternal death. And I, and I guess we, we, we thought of that last week. Or we would have. Uh, someone has said uh, that eternal death awaits those who physically die while spiritually dead. Did you get that? Eternal death awaits those who physically die while spiritually dead. Uh, And the Bible speaks of how there is coming a judgment, a judgment for us all if we die while spiritually dead. (coughs) And John writes in Revelation 20, uh, he writes that he saw, he saw two books, It says there the books were opened, uh, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged; that is, those who had died were judged out of those things which were written in the books. What were they judged on? John says that they were judged according to their works. Remember, the Bible tells us we have all sinned, and so those who die spiritually dead are going to be judged. On their sin. According to their works. And it says there. In, in, in Revelation 20. And the death and hell were cast. Into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever. Was not found written in the book of life. Was cast. Into the lake of fire. Eternal death. Uh, and, and these are things we maybe don't like to speak about, certainly don't like to think about. Um, uh, and yet the Bible is clear. Because of our sin, according to our works, if we do not come to Christ for salvation, and if we physically die while we are spiritually dead, then the judgment is eternal death. Friend, there is an urgency to this message. There is an urgency to the message of sin and of judgment. And we're going to think in a moment of how we can remedy this situation. What can be done to such an awful situation as this? And so we see the result of sin, guilt, shame, fear and death. Not only is there a personal, uh, personal result of sin, but there's relational uh, aspects to that as well. We see here uh, between Adam and Eve, between husband and wife, that sin has come in and has and created conflict. We see in verse 12, we see what, is, what does Adam say? You know, when the Lord says, you know, have you eaten of the tree? And Adam says, the woman who you gave to me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat it. And, and he blames Eve. Uh, he blames Eve. That's, that's, that's sin. That's sin. Blaming Eve for something that was Adam's responsibility. And so into the, the marriage, uh, there comes conflict. There is, in verse 12, accusation. And then, verse 16, we see there is aspiration. Uh, that the, the Eve, uh, she, she's going to, uh, it says here, desire, uh, her desire shall be to her husband. And that really just speaks of the fact that Eve would want the place of her husband, would want to rule over him, uh, inverting the, the, the God given way of, of marriage. And so there is accusation, there is aspiration. Uh, there is conflict in the marriage, and, and, and we all experience i 'm sure in our relationships, whoever they may be with uh, that sin brings conflict, but not only does th- you know that, that just speaks of something greater the the conflict that the, comes between our relationship in the relationship between a man and a woman or between a friend and a, and a friend or, or between wh- whoever it might be uh, here uh, amongst uh, the human race. <coughs> Uh, that really just speaks of something greater. The conflict that comes in between God and us. See, sin has caused separation. Ephesians 2 speaks about that. About how we are without God. And, and in our passages we've been reading in our, in our, in, in our Advent book, we've, we've been thinking of these things. of each Separation from God. And that 's really what uh, comes uh, is one of the the main things of, of this eternal death that awaits those outside of Christ, separation from God, and not only separation from God, but god 's wrath is upon us, and uh, we, we are under god 's wrath because of our sin. Romans one says, "The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men." And so there is wrath of God upon those who uh, sin. And and so not only is there this, uh, maybe things that we feel or that we experience because of sin, conflict in our relationship, there's fear, there is death, but but ultimately there is a a breakdown in in the relationship between God and, and man because of sin. And we see if we were to read on, we see that Adam and Eve, they are sent, verse 23, they are sent forth from the Garden of Eden. And they are, there's separation between God and man. That is the result of sin. That is the result of sin. Maybe that answers the second question why does it matter? Why does sin matter? Well, because of what it causes. But it doesn't just end there. We want to think, finally, in the last few moments, of the remedy of sin. The remedy of sin. We see there in our passage in verse 21. It says there. And unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. God is a gracious God. God is a merciful God. And and, and whilst they, they, they sought to clothe themselves in fig leaves. No that would not do. God provides a covering for them. He makes coats of of skin uh, of skins. And this reminds us, of course, that uh, as we as we think you know if if you were to read on as, as we think of Cain and Abel, we get this idea as well of you know of, of Cain who, who, who brought uh, to 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 sacrifice to God the that off the ground, you know, the fruit of the ground. And and Adam and Eve they tried to cover themselves in, in fig leaves. And to make aprons out of that. Uh, But God gave them a covering of skins. We're reminded of the animal that was shed. uh, The blood that was shed. The animal that was killed. Uh, And it really is just a little picture. Of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 9 it says. Without the shedding of blood. There is no forgiveness of sins. And as one man's disobedience. Uh, brought in death. And condemnation. Uh, we look to this. Obedience of one man. Uh, which has brought us righteousness. When we trust in him. And it is through the, the Lord's death at Calvary. Uh, trusting in what he has done. Uh, that we can. Uh, be made right with God. Uh, Christ in a sense. Uh, reverses. Uh, That curse of sin. Now in the last few moments, turn with me please to Romans chapter 8. And just for a couple minutes, we're just going to think about some of these, the results of sin and and how Christ has dealt with that. Now in Romans chapter 8, this will be the last time you'll need to turn your Bibles. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. You see, Adam Adam and Eve, they they felt guilt and shame, didn't they? They covered themselves with the fig leaves. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You know, when we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we can have our sins forgiven. And we can... Uh, be made right with him, right with God, uh, through his death, uh, that we do not need to feel guilt. Uh, we do not need to feel shame. Uh, that's, that's a marvellous thing. When we think of the seriousness of our sin, uh, we think of how uh, we have been so warped by sin. And yet the promise of God's word, there is therefore now no condemnation. Uh, No punishment, no guilty verdict to them which are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 15. Adam, he was afraid, you remember. He hid from God. And here in in verse 15 it says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, Whereby we cry Abba Father. You know, and for the one who trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the one who receives salvation, uh, they do not f- live in, in uh, w- with with a spirit of, of bondage, a spirit of fear. You know, as 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 the, you know, we think of bondage, we think of, of slavery, don't we? And we think of the, the, the picture of, of the slave and of the son. And we think of that in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the parable in the prodigal son, don't we? Um, the, the difference of, of, of how we feel when we are in the household, you know, when, rather than being a slave, to be a son. Uh, the, the safety, the security. And to those who trust in Christ, we do not le- need to live in fear. Because we have received the spirit of adoption. We have been adopted into God's family. We can cry Abba, Father. That close title. uh, You know, something that that the Lord, as he he teaches his disciples to pray, he uses that phrase, doesn't he? Uh, And that's quite uh, revolutionary. To call God Abba, Father. We've been brought into the household of God. Adopted in Christ, and then, and then there's death, wasn't there? There was death that came in. We thought of the different types of death, and yet, in our Lord Jesus Christ, we don't, uh, we don't receive death, but we receive life. And and maybe for uh, simplicity's sake, we'll turn to Romans six twenty three. Uh, and it says there, for the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord Jesus, he came to bring life and life to the fullest. And, 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 and a wonderful thought that to trust in Christ is to receive life. Finally, Romans 8 at the end We thought of the separation, the separation that comes to those because of our sin between God and man, between us and God, there is separation. And yet to those who trust in Christ, listen to this in verse 38 of Romans 8. For I am persuaded, listen to this list, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. There's security in Christ. There's security in, in trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. When we think of sin, we think of what it has brought into this world. We think of the most horrific things that we could think of that have happened over the course of history. Because of sin, we think of our families, uh, we think of our relationships, we think of the conflict, uh, conflict that we have caused so often because of sin. And yet Christ has come. He has obeyed the father, he has gone to the cross, he has died. And if we put our faith and trust in him, We can have forgiveness. We can be adopted. We can have life. We can be brought near to the Father. Let's pray. Our God and our Father, we give you thanks this morning, this afternoon, that we can. When we think of our sinfulness, when we think of uh, the sin in our life, yet we can uh, receive blessing. Uh, untold because of what the Lord has done. And uh, we give you thanks for him. We give you thanks for each and every soul that is trusted in him for salvation. This afternoon, Father, is our prayer that we might, know, we might all know him as our saviour. Uh, we might not all, all know the, the, the peace that we have uh, uh, from having our sins forgiven. Father, we pray that we might uh, recognize the seriousness of this, that we might call out to you. Uh, Father, we, we just would we pray that you might speak to us uh, through your word today. And we return thanks in your son's precious name. Amen.